What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. It is a Monday rundown on a Saturday. I thought it was Friday. Jesus Christ. It has been a long week. Um, everybody get out there and vote. I know Sean and I have talked about it. You have until, obviously, Election Day, November 3rd. Please get out there and vote. Today we jumped right in and we talked MLB. The season has come to a close. The sprint of the season has come to a close. Dodgers winning the World Series. We talked all about the on and off the field ongoings with that. After that, we jumped in, talked a little MLB offseason. Following that, we talked some college football. You know how much I love it. After that, we talked NFL, went over our picks for this up and coming week. And then we just talked a little pop culture, talked about what's going on in our lives, and obviously encouraged you to vote. If it's the last thing I say here, and it's the only thing you hear, please go out and vote. Enjoy the pod, guys. Enjoy the football. Happy Halloween. And please, please vote. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a special Halloween edition of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Tom, we vowed that we were going to try to get three weeks in a row, and we are really pushing it to the limit. We're here on a Saturday. How you doing, sir? We made it, though, my friend. How are you? We made it, man. It feels good to uh, feels good to talk to you, and we got a lot of bases to cover today. Absolutely, man. Got a little right. uh, got a little bit of everything today. A little bit of everything. Uh, elections three days away, guys. Uh, Tom, have you voted yet? I actually did my absentee ballot, so I decided to just stick that in the little box and hope for the best. Awesome, I had man. it sitting there. The um, The line was about uh, – because I had read that if – because I went to vote in person. I had read that if you wanted to vote in person, you could just rip up your absentee ballot in front of them and they'll let you vote. But then I saw the line and I was like, "Fuck this! I'm just gonna fill it out and stick it in the box there." And there I skipped go. the whole line. So good. Yeah, let's hope those things are buttoned up and and whatnot. But I'm I'm feeling good. But then again, in 2016, I think we were feeling pretty good as well. Um, so just everybody vote, please. Everybody vote, and that's cool to hear that, man. I mean, unfortunately, you know where you and I live, um, I don't think it's gonna mean as as big of a difference if things don't work out there would in different parts of the country. Um, but yeah, everybody do your civic duty, get out, vote. If you haven't yet absentee ballot, like Tom was saying, I'll be voting in person and masking up on Tuesday. Um, it's going to be a long line, man. It's going to be a long line, man, but you know what? Bundle up. I, I'm, I'm ready to go. And, uh, shit, this is, it's coming down to the wire here. And, uh, Shit, it's we've been telling people to vote for however many months now, and, and we're kind of at the at the breaking point. So, anyway, let's get into some sports, and we'll start with baseball today, Tom. Uh, the World Series basically started and ended within the span of we last talked. The Dodgers won four games to two for their first World Series title since 1988. Obviously, this series for a six-game set pretty much had everything. Before we talk about Game Six and the controversy surrounding it, what did you take away from this series and the Dodgers winning it all? Thank goodness the Dodgers did. Although I think the Rays were the second best team in the league, the Rays were the best. Uh, excuse me, the Dodgers were the best from the start to the finish. I'm glad that the best team won and that this season wasn't an asterisk season because some random team like the Pittsburgh Pirates won or whatnot. I'm glad the best team won and that we could. I consider that a legitimate championship, of course. Yeah, you and I talked about that all season long. And I think what was great was there were asterisky kind of things during the season. And even with the expanded postseason, we saw some teams get in that otherwise may not have. But Houston. you're right. I mean, Houston, uh, obviously, you know, you're looking even at like a team like Miami. But. Um, yeah, the best team won, and that's what you that's what you have to hope for during a baseball season. And we picked them to win the World Series or at least be part of the World Series when we did our predictions and even throughout the postseason bracket. It's good to see it validated with the best team winning. And for the Dodgers and their fans, they finally got their justice for being hosed a couple of times. 
Absolutely. Glad Kershaw could get the monkey off his back. Uh, probably top three for MVP, but Seager just kind of ran away with that thing. Um, let's talk about game six. Let's do it. So, two major controversies. Um, I think what's the what's the, Kevin Cash is probably not to say thankful for um, for Justin Turner, but it did take a little bit of the heat off of him. The first thing we're alluding to is actually an in-game thing. Um, Blake Snell was absolutely dominating this game. I think he gave up two hits, and they were two. I know there are line drives in the, in the scoring book, but they were, what, bloop singles, right? Yeah, and the, the hit that he gave up to the number nine hitter Barnes uh, before he was taken out was literally just a little flare into center. It certainly yeah. wasn't, wasn't um, squared up by any means. And A.J. Hinch, the Razor, an extremely analytically Kevin driven. Kevin Cash. T- excuse me, Kevin Cash. Hinch got hired, by the way, by the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that in a bit. Do they look alike? I feel like they look alike. Um but with that being said, Kevin Cash. Um, I never know with you and names, man. I don't know how you get certain guys in your head. Snell, I, it's a very weird association thing. I guess I have gone on. Kevin Cash. I think Snell was at seventy-three pitches. It was going to be his third time facing the lineup. I guess the numbers somehow say in his third time, even though they're batting worse in their third time than their second time against Snell. It was time to pull him. Brings in a an exhausted. Um, I know the guy's last name was Anderson, right? Yep. Um, and he subsequently gives up the tying run or the go-ahead run for the Dodgers to win. Now I don't want to throw the blame at AJ Hinch and, and God damn it and Kevin Cash. Jesus Christ, dude! And say so, um, and say that he lost the World Series, but he lost Game Six. That would have brought him to a Game Seven that had a chance to to win. You know, uh, a winner winner take the title game Bro, at the end of the like- day. I don't want to right. say he lost the World Series, you know what I mean? But he it's fucking blew re- that game. It's a repeat of what we talked about with the Yankees game two ALDS situation. It's all over again. I man. think it's-, it's interesting to see because you could see in this series, especially Dave Roberts kind of shied away from analytics a little bit more, playing with his gut a little bit more. I know how analytically driven the Dodgers are, but... It, analytics have gotten to the point, and you saw it with the Yankee series, like you mentioned, and you saw it with this Rays game and some other questionable decisions, where it's gotten to the point of moving beyond using it as a tool and letting these analytics paralyze you. Because I don't give a fuck. First of all, Snell's a former Cy Young Award winner, and I know the numbers say to pull him at this time, but I mean, the Dodgers looked like they were a junior varsity high school baseball team against him. Yeah, I mean, you, you laid that out very well. And the problem is, is I hate to blame Kevin Cash because he's just part of the entire analytic team. Yeah, he's just, a, I guess, the figurehead, right? Yeah, and I'm sure he has something to do with it, just like I'm sure Boone has something to do with it. But there's no way you can tell me that these guys want to make the moves that they've made. And this is something that you use the word paralyzing, and I love that word because I think it's paralyzing the game if you look at it from a bigger standpoint because Blake Snell, like you said, is a former Cy Young Award winner, and not from like 2011, like literally from 2018. And as good as he is... That was the best I've ever seen him. So let's kind of extrapolate this out a little bit. He's just putting this unbelievable lineup to shame. Mookie, Seager, Bellinger, they can't touch him. Turner, and it's you're watching this guy starting to churn out one of the best World Series starts in recent history. And for him to be taken out when he was taken out at 73 pitches, and this is where analytics can doom you, because I understand if the numbers say, okay, third time through the order, I get that. But it's so subjective, because there's a lot of starts. When your third time through the order is approaching, you're at, what, 93 pitches, right? And there's a big discrepancy between being at 73 pitches and just mowing guys down really without any fight, as opposed to laboring through five and a third at 93 pitches. Second point of, it, of concern for me was Nick Anderson, who they brought in, 
he'd been one of the best, if not the best, relievers in baseball throughout the year. But if you're watching that World Series, the guy's clearly shot. He doesn't have what he had. He even said, like, my, the ball's not coming out of the hand the way I want it to. I believe he'd given up at least one run in every single of his appearances in the World Series. That's not the guy you want to bring in. Where's Diego Castillo? Well, another guy- analytically driven thing. That's just where they bring him in because the numbers say so. But you need to use a little bit of the eye test to see that this guy, he's not throwing 98 anymore. It's down to 95, and it's flat as hell. Exactly. And it's just a big issue that I have because – we are being robbed of some great postseason moments. Absolutely. Could you imagine if I don't even want to say Snell went, you know, a complete game um, outing there. I, I mean, if he went eight and, and slammed the door on these guys, we'd be talking about that as one of the best pitching performances in the last 20 years. And, and you pull him out at 73 pitches. I mean, they deserve to lose just solely based off that. And I'm hoping as a Yankees fan and also as a baseball fan that the, the Yankees and, and baseball in general take a hard look at this and say, as, and the Nationals last year who were more of, I don't want to say antiquated because I don't want to make them sound you know, behind the times, but they're more of an old school baseball team. I hope they take a look at the last two years and they can find a happy medium. Right, and then, but unfortunately, the problem is, is that the analytics nerds will go and say, "Well, no one's more analytically driven than the Dodgers, and they just won a World Series." The problem with the whole, but there was times that you could see that it was time to pull somebody like Kershaw, and Roberts stuck with his gut and kept him out there a little bit more than. I mean, if this if this series would was picked up and played in 2018, I think he would have pulled a few pitchers in different situations and overmanaged, per se. See, what I actually disagree with you slightly on is I thought he managed Kershaw really well because he didn't put him in the position where he had to play hero ball. If you recall in the last couple of years, Clayton Kershaw was the one guy he didn't really use analytics for. He was the workhorse, and it kind of backfired on him because he was the one guy he wouldn't take out when he had clearly hit his limit, and that's when he would end up giving up a couple of big home runs or hits or whatever. This time he actually pulled him in the sixth inning or heading into the seventh and saying, you gave us 84 pitches, and thank you. And I think that actually worked out really well. I don't know if that's analytics or more just going with the feel, but I think he managed Kershaw better this postseason than he had. I agree, but I don't think that was based off analytics. I think he had a really good feel this year because you saw him pitch, I think it was in either game one or game two, he pitched Kenley Jansen, a guy who the numbers were not doing well for at all, but he just had a feeling and he went out there and, and shut him down and he closed out the game as well. Well, right right there, too, is he really struggled, Jansen, that is, in games three and four. And instead of being stubborn and saying, this is my closer, this is my closer, he didn't end up pitching in the ninth inning of any other game in this series. They, I mean, Julio Urias pitched the final three innings of game six. And Dustin May was in there, and Gratterall was in there. And some big I spots. just think Roberts had a really good feel. More than he ever has had because there was times where it just felt like he was reading off of a piece of paper in other series. And this one where it's like, again, you said Urias closed out this World Series. In other times where he didn't have a good enough feel, he would have put Jansen in just because that's what the that's what everything says to do. Totally agree with you, and that's what I like about it. And I think he finally was in the position where he was able to use the analytics the way he wanted to, but also look at how guys were clearly performing and saying, no, this isn't how I'm going to roll with it. And that is something that takes a little bit of time, and obviously he got lucky that he was able to keep his job and get to that point to do it. Going back to Snell and Kevin Cash, the thing that I really am scared about with baseball, man, is unless you're one of those top, top guys like a Garrett Cole or a Max Scherzer or a Justin Verlander, we clearly are seeing that pitchers are not being allowed to navigate their way or even say, I'm the best pitcher and and turn out one of these all-time performances. And listen, I'm not a Red Sox fan, obviously, and we mock the Grady Little Pedro Martinez 2003 decision of leaving him in too long right instead of bringing in Mike Timlin I believe it was who was ready Pedro Martinez at that time although he was slightly past his prime was still on the short list of best pitchers in baseball and if you're going to lose you're going to lose with your horse going out there so if if Snell let's say gives up a home run to bets or whatever the way he was pitching a wouldn't indicate that he would do that but b it's like okay our ace 
gave up a big hit. Now we'll go to the bullpen instead of not even allowing your ace to yeah. show why he is an ace. That's if what I kills play me. Snell, I want the fuck out of it's not Pat. like he. It's not like he. He walk. You know, he gave up a, a double off the wall and then walk the next two batters. Like he. He gave up a bloop single. Like let's let's let him get out of it at seventy three pitches. But with that being said, the Dodgers won. I was happy they won, even though I lost a little money. I lost a shit ton of money last week. It was a terrible <laughs> week for me. Fuck you, Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm sure he's a great guy. Oh, you're you're te- you're this is really. not this is not my MVP. Not my president. Not my MVP. Um, Again, Rodgers is my MVP. I know they both had one bad week, but Rodgers is my guy. I'm going to ride him till the end. And I'm sick and tired of the campaigning to win MVP. It's sad. It really is. As Trump would say, sad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm happy. Rodgers also Dodgers. hasn't cost you money yet, so that's that's another reason to keep him in there. Well, they did cost me money because I Rogers? had Rodgers? No, Rodgers, yes. I thought you that's said the I Dodgers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I'm happy the Dodgers won. I didn't lose that much money, so it isn't a big deal. Um, and I'm just glad Kershaw, one of the all-timers, gets over the hump. I'm glad Betts could really stick up the middle finger to the Red Sox. Oh, that was beautiful. It, it was huge. Um, LeBron, we get it. You won your fourth title. Stop jumping on the bandwagon and just trying to remind everybody that you won a title too recently. I mean, <laughs> this world has recency bias. LeBron, I'm sure you're guilty of it too. So we're going to celebrate the Dodgers now, okay? We'll be reminded that you won a title come NBA season, but you he have to like stop interjecting too. yourself. He's such a fraud. You call me a fraud. He is a fraud because he was a, he grew up a Yankee fan, always wore the Yankee hat. Then when he was in Cleveland, he was all all uh, Indians nonstop. Well, that was and after now, he won the he, – he wore a Yankee hat to an Indians game once in Cleveland. Yeah, that was in 07, I believe. And then obviously Switched. he's front and center when Rajay Davis hits the home run and – Game 7 and 16, and then he's now saying, look at us, we won again. You're not a Dodgers fan. Stop it. I, I understand the athletes. I understand the athletes for adopting their city's teams. I'm just calling LeBron more of a fraud because it's like, bro, we, we get it. You won a championship. Stop fucking reminding us. Because you so know you MJ. MJ would get mad and go win a fucking another one. So you think he did it more as a don't forget about us kind of Absolutely. He's like, oh, I wish we could have a parade so we could all celebrate together, us champions. Hey, us champions, not just you. It's us. Like kind of one of those vibes. Gotcha. Because it's like I want a championship too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, read those quotes. If you take a second look at them, I feel like you're going to feel that way too. But with that being said – Let's talk about the last thing from the World Series before we wrap this up, get to some off-season stuff real quick, and then move on to the next sport. Justin Turner, I don't think MLB has still released a statement on it. I'm confused. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just shocked and confused. Um, test positive. Apparently, the test came back during the game. They pull him from the game. He's isolated, doesn't do the celebration, then comes out on the field without a mask on, Kissing his wife. I mean, that's no big deal. I'm sure he kisses his wife anyway, so if she was going to get COVID, she was going to get COVID. But then he's standing around the rest of the team and the rest of the people there. No mask. Bad look for the MLB. Manfred um, basically took a poop on the field. (laughs) You know what? Well, they did release a statement, and it was a whole bunch of nothing, obviously not condoning it. And I'm sure there's going to be a punishment coming Turner's way. A lot to unpack here. This is me off. Let me just say this because Justin Turner had a big-time quote at the beginning of the season saying, oh, if if somebody doesn't take this COVID thing seriously, they're going to have to deal with me. It's like, okay, so now you don't care about COVID because you won and it's over? You only cared about it then? Yeah, dude. He he was kind of the enforcer for that team all year, and I guess – it, it lapsed a little bit, but a couple things to unpack here because it's it's the most 2020 thing ever. Here's baseball putting together this, and I will give Manfred credit for this, not not punting on the season when it looked like it was headed for disaster between the Marlins and the Cardinals. They said, no, we're going to keep going. Our protocols are in place. The right of the ship. of the teams yep, are doing the right thing. So here we go. We're going to keep pushing forward. Uh, you know what? You're the right. Pro- I have to give kudos. Sorry to interrupt you because I want to get this in there to MLB. Yep. Because when that was happening, all experts were saying it would be an absolute miracle if this team finished this, if this, if this sport finished its season. And you know what? They righted the ship and they got it done. And I have to say, I'm really happy for it because it gave me tons of entertainment. It lost me a lot of money. Um, so 
kudos to MLB for figuring that shit out. Kudos to the players, for the most part, for buckling down. Um, and then right after the season happens, it's literally over within the last hour, Justin Turner it has some egg on his face. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, I just want to say, like, baseball did its job throughout the year. The protocols clearly worked. They put together an awesome postseason full of some great moments, memories, controversies, whatever. And then this is the most 2020 thing. How do you have a player test positive in the middle of a fucking game when you're bubbled? Whether it's the lab or whether it's the – I don't know what the fuck it is. Well, they said he had had a – he had had a – I don't know how to word – like a iffy positive, like – it was inconclusive. They think it, yeah, inconclusive. That was the word I was going for there. But then it's like, okay, in my opinion, if you have an inconclusive test, then you should go with the safe route of not playing than saying, well, you can go play and we'll test you again. And if you test positive, then we'll pull you out. That sounds you know the, like the most asinine thing I've ever heard. Well, you know what the hard part is too, man, is the fact that it's getting reported in the middle of a game and just being taken out after I think he hit the ball to the wall or something. And the crazy thing too is, we have seen, and, and this is not, please people, do not take this and, and run with it and say this is not a serious deal. We understand that players, anybody that tests positive, this has to scare the shit out of you. But let's not be, let's not be facetious here and, not pr- and pretend like there's not a lot of false positives going on. And I believe that that's probably what it was because if he's going out there and celebrating with his team and running past, he has to know, listen, I've been being tested every fucking day. I'm constantly negative. None of my other teammates or staffers are negative or positive rather. And I'm not giving him a pass at all. What he did was completely indefensible to me. What I'm trying to do is kind of peel back the layers and say, he has to believe that this is a false positive. And the Dodgers players probably are like, fuck it, man. Like, we've been with you anyway. The celebrating to me was kind of like, well, you're not going to, you're going to let him be in the dugout for seven innings of a game and the entire six games, but you're not going to let him on the field to celebrate. Trust me, if he's going to infect the rest of his players, he would have done that already. Do, am I wrong here? No, I, I, I agree with you. Um, definitely. The cat's already out of the bag on that one, and he's probably already infected who he was going to infect. Still not a good optic. My thing is, whoever is in charge of this, whether it be the Dodgers or MLB, I'm not even mad really at Justin Turner. It's just, it's the same thing as Kevin Cash. He's the figurehead for it because he's the one who made uh, ultimately made the Snell decision. Turner is a figurehead for it because he's the one who ultimately has COVID. But the fact that it was even left up to him instead of the Dodgers or whoever makes these decisions basically saying. He just blew past security. He was in the room, saw the final out on TV, and just blew past everybody and got into the dog pile. No, no, no. I understand that. But I'm, I'm going with your line of, well, he was in the fucking dugout for seven innings. I'm saying whoever decided to let him play that game is the one that's it's their fault. What about this? What about why would you even announce it then in the middle of the game? I mean, that's tough because it's tough to control a narrative. Some reporters are going to want to get their name out there. That's always tough. But, I mean, my thing is like if you're running a, a, a tight ship throughout the whole thing, then he doesn't even play in that game. And they ran a tight ship up until the last fucking game of the season and then they fucked up. But that's Great what happens that- when you're a bad when you have bad management and I just don't like Manfred, you know, I don't like Manfred. He's right up there for Goodell with me. (laughs) I I really only silver is the only one who I think has any clout with these players or any, any respect. I'm not a Manfred fan either. I just try to look at the whole situation because I'm, I'm just shocked at how this can come in the middle of a game and like you said, you either allow them to play or you don't allow them to play, and you live with the sit- you live with the consequences of whatever decision that is. And yeah, maybe they gave it to the Dodgers. I mean, it Dodgers does open like, up play. it does open up a whole can of worms because it's like, I mean, you look at the Raiders, right? All those guys. The only one that tested positive was 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 who? Who's the offensive lineman? I don't know, but the Giants are dealing with it right now too with Will Hernandez. But the rest of that unit that has comes in close contact with them has to quarantine. So it's like, 
if if the MLB has the same ruling for that where you have to quarantine if you come in close contact with them, then well, you might as well postpone the game. So it opens up a whole nother can of worms of why you might want to keep it under wraps because then you got to postpone the game. You're pushing it back further. You wanted the season to end on this certain day because you have free you have free agency and all this other shit coming up. Oh, dude, I don't even think that was part of it. I think the biggest part of it was, hey, we are in game six. We've been bubbled for a month and a half because, remember, in the last week of the regular season, every team had to stay in a hotel. Then they had to do that in their bubble cities where they were playing their playoffs and then eventually a globe life field in Arlington. So they're saying we cannot risk not having this game played. And what? how great was it, though? I mean, baseball did catch a huge break by the Dodgers winning that game because if they don't and no, they Justin had Turner to, test positive. They would have had to postpone it for, at the very least, four days. Oh, my God. And can you imagine then having a game seven where now every single arm is fresh and every single move can be made? I don't know. It would have been interesting, bro. taken away. Oh, my God. I know, but it would have been so not ideal. No, it would have been an asterisk game, players. unfortunately. Uh, that would have been an asterisk. That would have been an asterisk. So the MLB lucks out. With it. Um, yeah, and I guess we're going to have to see. There's really no consequences. People aren't watching baseball anyways, so... I guess I guess they got nothing to lose. They I think figured the World it out. Series drew okay. Yeah, I mean, people are Dodger fans. So. Yeah, people are sports excited. Um, the big time Dodgers fans like LeBron himself. I'm sure he was <laughs> watching every single out. Um, you know, holding his breath. But let's I move think on. He, I think he had a scorecard, bro. Yeah, I think okay. he was doing that every game. Right. Um, <laughs> let's move on <laughs> to some off-season decisions that have already been made. Real quick, Sean, you want to run down a few of them here? Yeah, so a couple. I mentioned of man- one already. You did, and and you you were so excited to mention him. You had him managing the Rays. Um, mm. <laughs> I think he'd rather. <laughs> AJ, AJ, I think he would too. Hey, AJ Hinch is back. Um, the cheating scum that he is. Uh, mm. Now he has to go manage the Tigers, and you know what? The Astros were one of the worst teams in baseball when he took them over, and we know that he can with the right personnel get them into a, a good situation. But right now the Tigers are a bad baseball team. Listen, I, he paid his dues, right? Like, he's let him going back into, in, he's not going him. into the worst situation in baseball. He's got two young stud starters, including Casey Miles. Who's That's possibly a bad team in a budding division, man. No, I agree with you, but I think he may be one of those, be one of those destinations within, I mean, the Astros, he's, they sucked for years. So I'm saying he's not that talent riddled. Okay, he, he there's some talent there. I'll give you a place where he should have gone that somebody else went, and that's the White Sox because that team mm. just pushed through into the postseason this year. They lost in their best of three to Oakland, but that team, you want to talk about young talent with some studs, that's the Chicago White Sox. And I mean, instead, yeah, they were my pick, weren't they? They were up there, yeah. you were. You, they were your darlings. They were one of them. I and think I'm a year early. I think so, too, but you know what? They did make the playoffs, so you didn't look like a complete fool. And But Tony La Russa, at 76 years old, baby. Hey, listen, we have a 70, potentially a 78-year-old president in Joe Biden. We have a 74-year-old, hopefully not president, Donald Trump. And now we have a 76-year-old manager. And in the age of analytics, we're bringing in a guy who's been managing since 1979, last managed in 2011, winning a World Series with the Cardinals. Obviously, this was a Jerry Reinsdorf decision. He always said that his biggest regret as owner of the White Sox was letting a young Tony La Russa go. Remember, he took over that team in 1979 before going to Oakland and winning a couple titles there. Mm-hmm. This was very, very interesting to me, man. I, I did not see this coming. There are some people in the White Sox organization, apparently, that are not thrilled with it. But listen, you're getting a Hall of Fame, not maybe Hall of Fame. He's currently in the Baseball Hall of Fame manager and um, you know what? With the analytics, we're, we're crying for more of a balance. Maybe Larusa is the kind of balance we need in today's baseball, and we'll see what happens. What do you think of that hire? I think it's interesting. Um, I mean, he's also been chief of baseball operations and whatnot for for I think it was the Diamondbacks. So it's not like it's not like he hasn't been around the game recently. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like he's he's. I mean, I guess John Gruden was around the game because he was announcing it as well. I, I don't even know who to comp him to coming back so crazy late. Um, I think maybe, I mean, he's a smart guy. He's he's a baseball Hall of Famer. I think maybe he's going to be able to um, 
take on some of those analytics and maybe he's open to change. I'm sure he's going to use the analytics the way he wants to. But if Jerry Reinsdorf is bringing him in, much to the, to the dismay of some of the other people in that organization, I'm sure that Larusa will have full autonomy to manage the way he wants. And it'll be interesting to see how they how he does. I don't think the game's passed him by by any stretch. Like you said, he's really smart. It'll just be very interesting to see how that team develops and grows with some of that young talent. And I'm sure they're going to bring in uh, some other veterans this offseason uh, with some money. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think they should surround that team with a couple of good veterans and have a good mix there. Um, Moving on to some free agency news, and before we talk about some options that were declined and a Mets change in ownership, I just want to say this. Yankees, if you do not re-sign DJ LeMayhew, you're done. You're dead to me. Oh, there will be riots on the street. That's all I have to say. Yep. Uh, I'm with you on that. Okay. Moving on. Um. Some notable free agents have hit the market. First thing for the Yankees is they did pick up Zach Britton. Remember, he had that kind of weird option where if the Yankees didn't pick up the 2021 option, he could opt out of 2022 and become a free agent. The Yankees didn't even do that. They said, you know what, we're picking up both years. Of the, we're picking up your 2022 option. That means he's locked in for two more years. Cool. Obviously huge. Listen, the guy is the best setup man in baseball and we know if there's a Chapman injury he steps right in and he's one of the best closers in baseball so you have to have him they decline the options on Hap his 17 million Good. and Gardner's 10 Gardner they expect that, to come back for cheaper yeah if Gardner's willing to accept the fact that he is not the starting left fielder and is the de facto fourth to maybe fifth outfielder who's the starting left fielder now Clint Frazier is yes sir no doubt, no doubt what about a turnaround it. my friend and he's up for a gold glove, man. He had a – talk about a turnaround story. I'm happy My for him. My fucking you know guy. The next They're, one up is Gary Sanchez, Will the Smith. Value, the value for Guardy is, hey, if he wants to come back and kind of do the role as an everyday player that CC had his last two years, I think there's a lot of value to having that voice in the clubhouse and also having that experience where, let's be honest, man, Judge, he can go down. Stanton, or, uh, well, Stanton too, but Hicks, he can go down with injuries. There's a lot worse that you can do than plug in Clint over to right and having Gardy be your, your left fielder or center fielder. So uh, I do think he comes back for a much cheaper discount. Uh, we'll see what happens. Hap, obviously, his days are done in New York. Um, when they got him in 18, that was huge. The, the deal they gave him, obviously, he did not live up to it. Um, they fucked him around a little bit this year. I, I can acknowledge that. He, Moving on. He, he generally didn't didn't perform. Um, some notable free agents, though, man. And, and just to let you know, this is going to be the trend for the rest of this offseason because teams are financially hurt. Yep. So here's a couple. Corey Kluber had his $18 million option turned down by the Rangers. He only pitched an inning for them before getting hurt this year. He's now a free agent. I'll Interesting pass. name there. See, uh, we'll talk about that real fast. I actually would definitely take a flyer on him. Brad it depends Hamm, on the money, of course. Listen, I don't think it's going to take much to get him. No, I don't he either. hasn't even pitched. If you I think it's like going to be a show-me deal. Yeah, if you can get him for $10 million with incentives up to like 18 Matt Blake, who is his pitching coordinator, is the pitching coach for the Yanks, I think you could do a lot worse than taking a flyer on him. Brad Hand, shocking to see. He had a 2-1-2 ERA this year. His option was not picked up by can the Can we get Indians. rid of Adovino and pick him up? I think there's a chance Adovino gets moved, man, no doubt. And, and I, again, Brad Hand's a guy. Teams are not going to be trying to spend a lot on relievers. This is a guy you could find on the cheap for the value he has. Uh, Carl Santana, I don't know where he goes. Maybe the Indians bring him back. He kind of feels like their version of a guardy. Um, and Charlie Morton. I want Charlie agent. Morton. This is finally you said the one that I want desperately. But I think he's going to get money. I think he's well, going to be one of the few just because he's a he's a World Series winning, whether he, whether it was cheating or not, starter, and that guy's a horse. Well, the pitchers didn't really cheat. That was all offense. But yeah, I know, but he was part of a cheating franchise. Part of the te- cheating team. He benefited, obviously. He totally did. Yes, he totally a did. A lot of run I, support. I like Morton as a fourth or fifth starter, a guy who you don't have to really give the ball to all the time in the regular season. But if you need him for six or seven in a big game, you know he's going to give it to you. He wants to pitch on the East Coast. He has a house in Tampa. Yankees train in Tampa. You can make this happen. 
The last one is John Lester. I'm fascinated to see what happens with him. I think he's way past his prime. But if say, he's fi- a little over if he's the filling hill. in for a, a number five or four starter on maybe a National League team somewhere, um, you know, I, he'll have a job. I, I don't think he'll get a big deal, but he'll he'll get a job. Yeah, it just depends on how much of a cut he's willing to take. It's going to be really interesting this season with free agency. I think the deals are going to be one-year deals, tops two-year for these players, even the big names, unless your name is like, I don't know, even though Nolan Arenado signed up, somebody like of that ilk because there's no money. Yeah, like I think a JT Real Muto is probably going to get his money. I think DJ is going to get his money. I think George Springer is going to get his money. Yeah, but aside from years. that, I mean, I, I, right. I, you know what? Honestly, a couple of guys, I think, I think George Springer is a favorite to go to the Mets. I know he's had a little bit of – there's been a falling out in Houston, and I think he's a big-time favorite to go to the Mets. Well, let's segue over that. Very nicely done, sir. Thank Your you. professionalism is showing today. And the reason he could be an option – for the New York Mets is because they will finally have money to spend. Steve Cohen was approved by the owners yesterday. The, the, the real-life Bobby Axelrod. I don't know if anybody watches the show Billions. Um, but, yeah, the, the Mets pockets – Yeah, loosely, very loosely, but still. Um, yeah. The Mets pockets just got a lot, a lot, a lot fatter. you got to feel good for the Mets fans, and if you are a Mets fan, because, listen, this doesn't guarantee a title in any way, shape, or form, and he has to spend – the proper allocated money on an analytics department, on a front office, on players. But let's be honest, for the first time, they can swim in the same waters as the Yankees because it's been a long time, and they can, holy shit, man, can you believe it? They can run their team like a New York team. Hard to believe, I know. but Absolutely, this is, and I, this, this guy's huge into analytics. I mean, obviously being a finance guy, he knows numbers pretty well, so I'm sure he will get – Whoever's out there and available, he will get the best of the best in that department, as well as every single department. I think they're going to have the best janitors. I think they're going to have the best hot dog makers. They're going to have the best of everything. I might be a Mets fan. Don't do that. I'm don't, kidding. Don't. I'm kidding. But still, you're, you're I root for the Jets. Mets. You're I mean, yeah, you're I'm happy for them. Don't do that to yourself. I'm absolutely happy for them. I need the Yankees to get at least one to two more World Series before they get there first because I don't want these fucking little Mets fans chirping in my ear over there. Um, and I need to get these piece of shit Red Sox fans off my back, although Boston's dead as a sports town. Yeah, and you know what? They had their fun. I'm happy seeing them go into a, a deep depression now. Um, the curse of the Mookie, I'm calling it. Hey, the Celtics haven't won anything yet either So with this group. They're very good, but... Yep. They haven't crashed. Um, I am excited for the Mets. I think there's a lot of moves to be made. Let's just it's the offseason. Let's see what he does. Yeah, and, and we gotta keep this in mind too. This is the best time of year if you're a Mets fan. Is the offseason and you got the <laughs> the wishful thinking. Let's put it this way, man. The you're talking about the bleeding that twenty nine owners and teams took, right? The only one that didn't right now is Steve Cohen because he just bought this team. He didn't. He didn't absorb any. What of an the, opportunity for this guy! Any of the debt that the Wilpons just did. So this is a this is an opportunity now for the Mets to at least you know going into an off season when there's the free agent big board, you no longer have to start shopping and know that you have to use your Coles cash. You can go into Neiman Marcus now and then. Oh, Shawnee boy. Yeah. Neiman Marcus, huh? We're no That's longer right. going in the bargain bin to Nordstrom Rack. All right, let's move on to something that's actually in season now, and that's college football, your favorite. Your favorite. Uh, <laughs> jinx. <laughs> um, touchdown Jesus, my – what did I call him? My sweet prince. Sweet prince. My sweet, sweet touchdown prince, Trevor Lawrence, has COVID, and I just want to get him a life-size – as tall as him get well card and say I will see you in a year and I can't wait I'll kiss you right now at the risk of getting COVID well I'm sure he would love that um yeah that's not a great deal but you feel bad for him you hope that obviously he he's recovered and he feels he's saying well. all the right things when it's when it comes to coming out um he's saying he's focused on this season all the things you want to hear um see that was something Oops. I wanted to get your take on because in New York radio a lot of people were saying ooh that's not what you want to hear you know he left the door open what the fuck do you expect back. him to say like he's just going to disrespect Dabo and all his teammates and be like yeah I'm fucking out of here well like, I think it's because he's pretty much alluded to the fact like 
back before the season started that he was there was no way he was going to play. Exactly. I mean, listen, we could have a Peyton Manning situation here. I don't think the Jets are going to change ownership, and I don't think we have a guy like Bill Parcells where he's going to say, I don't know if I'm going to take him. Um, So I'm just looking forward to the draft. I I feel for my guy Sammy Darnold because I have to say, I know we're not talking too much NFL this week because literally tomorrow is is pretty much the entire week. Um, I have to give Sam Darnold kudos. Um, He's been giving literally nothing. Uh, shit end of the stick, almost probably the second worst quarterback of all time when it comes to shit end of the stick, right behind, um, what's the guy's name? That's Josh uh, Rosen. Josh Rosen, yes. Right behind him and maybe the guy down in um, David Carr. He got, he, mm-hmm. he got dealt a bad fucking hand down in Houston. Um, and he said all the right things. Literally, oh, he's, a- he's, he's a pro's pro. Yeah. Just... Uh, sounds like an absolute gem of a guy. No, I think he is. And, and I think that, you know, there's people in his ear saying, listen, you're not going to be here long term. And there's a lot. You're still highly regarded. And that's what's cool about Darnold is, listen, I have my opinions on him. I still hold on hope for him because I always have liked him. But I also understand the faults that he has as a quarterback. Let's, you know, let's not call it like he's like he's not absolved of any issues. But he, there's reasons why a lot of analysts and a lot of executives still hold him in incredibly high regard. And that's a part of it is because of how mature, professional, and how good of a teammate and guy he is. You're right. And I don't think that that can go unnoticed or untalked about. He's going to find himself into a situation with a good team. He might not start right away. Um, but you do not be surprised if he plays well elsewhere. Couldn't agree with you more, and I wish he will still always be my baby boy. I wish him nothing but the best. Um, you want to talk about college football real quick? I have not been watching, so why don't you run up and down some scores that I don't give a shit about because um, this season is a lost one to me. So well, go for it. You, you may feel that way, but um, a lot of people don't. So Clemson escaped with a, a win lot of pe- Boston College A lot today. of people, Sean. You, you, that is a big trump line. A lot of people say I'm great. Are you listen? If you watch how, if you look at the college football ratings, you'll understand. At least you have some facts to back it up, buddy. <laughs> well, sorry that I don't have the uh, the Nielsen ratings right in front of me. No, I know, football. but it, I I do know the ratings are high, of course. Yes. Um. So Clemson escaped narrowly with a win today against Boston College with their backup quarterback with a Lawrence out. Obviously, they did not look good. It definitely looked like they could have lost this game, but Fields looks great. Team, by the way, I saw some highlights. What's that? Justin Fields talking about quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get to him in a second. But, um, you know, Clemson, they needed to win this game. Uh, they're the number one team in the country for a reason. It's because they can not play probably even to their 75% capacity, even without Lawrence, and they can still win a game at home. So good for them there. Um, Michigan, who obviously you know I do not like at all, they get upset at home by Michigan State, who is unranked. Michigan was ranked number 10, so that sucks for them. Uh, fine with me. It's, uh, you know, the Harbaugh issue again. They do not have a quarterback. A uh, couple other notable That big games. boy that they got can sling the ball, though. He can, but you know what? They have Shea Patterson, who they said could sling the ball. They just... They're not a good offense. Like mm-hmm. they just don't do anything that's that's fun or, or enjoyable to watch. A couple other games here. West Virginia was killing number sixteen Kansas State. Cincinnati was killing uh, Memphis. Cincinnati was ranked seventh in the country. Georgia won easily against Kentucky, although they didn't play great. Fourteen three. We got Notre Dame against Georgia Tech today. Texas Oklahoma State today. Um, and then the big game tonight is Ohio State. Go Pokes, there you go, is uh, Ohio State, Penn State in Nittany Valley, or in uh, Happy Valley. Um, Whiteout will not be happening because there is no fans there. So it's going to be fascinating to see. Usually they get a home field advantage when they play there. Uh, They're not going to have it. You mentioned Fields looks really good. That game he turned out last week was a thing of beauty. Yeah, no doubt about it. He is definitely right up there with, uh, to it, I think he'd be by far the number one overall pick if he didn't have a generational talent right in front of him. Yeah, I think he's absolutely solidifying himself as the number two quarterback in this draft and a guy that teams are going to look at and say, yeah, I can build my franchise around this guy. There it is. All right, man. We got anything else before we move on? 
No, that's pretty much it. Bama, Mississippi State tonight. You know, that's the only other game with a highly ranked team of consequence, but I don't think anybody expects that to be much of a game. So watch ABC tonight if you are watching college football for Penn State, Ohio State. All right, man, that'll be an interesting game, especially because Penn State coming off that big-time loss to Indiana. Indiana, and they got hosed. I still don't think that guy got in. No, but, you know, I don't know if you can – because they initially called it on the field a touchdown, right? Yeah. Or a conversion or whatever it was. There was no indefutable evidence or whatever you want to say. No, there wasn't. If If that's the call, that's the call, and you roll with it. All right, Sean, before we get into our picks from this past week and the week coming on, Thursday, November 12th through Sunday, November 15th, coming up, I just want to give everybody a preview. For... Oh, here we go. I'm not, I'm not giving anything. I just want to let everybody know it's coming next week for the tournament, the Masters. That's all I have to say. I don't have I my it. picks yet, bro, but I just want to get everybody, keep them on their toes. No, I'm happy you mentioned it because uh, I know it was coming up, and I, I thought it was the second week of uh, of November. That's that's going to be awesome, man, especially with college football and the NFL in full swing. Yeah, what man. What a weekend. Uh, listen, I'm interested to see how it's going to play. They, they usually play this tournament in the spring, summer. I'm interested to see what it's going to look uh, it's like. like. It's like right around Easter they play it. Yeah, right in the middle of the spring there. Um Interested to see what it's going to look like playing um, playing in in the deep fall, almost the winter. Um, all right. You ready to move on to recap our picks? I'm ready. All right, Sean. I have not tallied these up yet, so I have the Giants score in front of me. I took the Giants plus three and a half. You took the Eagles minus three and a half. I got that one. You did. That, Fucking goddamn it. That was a backdoor loss. little cover there for you. We what both got loss. the Buffalo Bills wrong. So you're 0 and 2, I'm 1 and 1. Cuz the Buffalo Bills, I don't even they didn't score a touchdown in that game if I if I'm not mistaken. No, I, well, I think they had like six field goals. Sean, you took the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. plus 3 and a half. Unfortunately, they only won by 3 and Joey Covers got another cover. They were minus Weren't they minus three and a half? Cleveland Browns? Yeah. They were minus three and a half, yes, but they only you won said by plus. three. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. And then you took the Washington football team. How about that? Uh, I did. Plus two and a half. Damn, that was easy money, huh? Wow, ran away with that one, and I never really even had to sweat for it. So you were one and three this week. I was, let's see, one, I had my sperm bank pick of the week. I think I went back to the house with the Rams. I was right on that one. Or was it the lowly New England no, Patriots? I don't remember. But I thought your sperm bank was Seattle. No, I didn't have Seattle playing this week, bro. You didn't? All right. I, was I might have had, I didn't, I didn't mark my, the S next to my sperm bank pick of the week. Because you were very after that loss. That's because I gambled on it. But with that being said, <laughs> I, I had the Rams minus five and a half. And then I had New England minus two and a half. I think New England was maybe my sperm bank pick of the week. I don't know. That was a fucking embarrassment. It was because you, you were pontificating oh, you're right. I about was Bill Belichick's you, but... yeah, his, yes. his, uh, fertility. Fertility, his yes, yes, yes. Um, so maybe I did have them as my sperm bank pick of the week. So I might have fucked that, that would one be up. It. Regardless, yeah. I'm two and two. I think I'm up two games on you now. But your sperm um, banks failed you a couple weeks in a row now. It has. So I'm, I've got a good one this week. Uh, sorry, folks. I'm just writing here. I'm ready to go, Sean. Let's get our picks in. I sent you the spreads right before the podcast. Let's start off with this one. Let me get the Google running for this one and look up biggest spread in NFL history. Can I stop you real fast to see if I'm right on this? I believe last year mm-hmm. there was a game. It was either last year or in 2018 where I think the Jets were a minus 20, were a uh, plus 20, or yeah, minus 21 against the uh, against the Patriots. No, sir. No. The largest point spread in NFL history was in 2013 when the Denver Broncos were 28-point home favorites over the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Broncos were averaging 46 points per game at the time with Peyton Manning as their quarterback. 
I knew I knew it wasn't the largest, but I do feel like there was a Jets Patriots game that was. I'm sure there was, bro. Half, why are you fucking? Yeah. Why are you kicking dirt in my eyes? Um, all right. <laughs> speaking of that, so that's our segue into the Week Eight. We are gonna do four picks as per usual. Both our teams play this week. Um, first game: the Jets are on the road in Kansas City. They are minus twenty and a half points. Sean, what are you feeling here, bro? Bro, I'm taking the Jets because this is an absurd number, and I'll tell. And this is why, all right. And and I'll see where you feel uh, after I after I talk about it. You know, in the NFL, I was thinking about this all morning, and I was like, you know, this is a game where the Chiefs don't have to. They can pretty much just take their starters out in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. I don't know how motivated Absolutely. they're gonna. I don't know how motivated they're gonna be to just run up the score on the Jets. I think that they're going to just try to get out of there. Uh, their goal is to finish you off as quickly as possible and not have to sweat it out. And we see in the NFL a lot where guys are – or certain teams just – listen, they're getting killed. The other team takes their starters out or takes their foot off the gas. What was that game a couple weeks ago? I think Baltimore was beating Philly, I believe, like 32-12 to 12 or something. Yeah, a little Philly's bit of a comeback hard. there, right? Yeah, made it like they were fighting for a two-point conversion. Like that happens in the NFL all the time. Mm-hmm. 20 and a half is such a huge number. I don't think it'll be close, but uh, maybe a backdoor cover there. But I'll, I'll take the Jets here. How about you? I'm actually going to take the Jets as well. All week I thought about taking KC because I was like, oh, but previous to last week, I was like, oh, the Jets haven't covered yet. They haven't won against the spread. Last week, they won against the spread. They broke through. They are one in my book because I'm going against the spread this year. The Jets are so bad. The Jets have a win on the season. There you go. Again, uh, 20 and a half, 21 points. It's, it's just such a huge fucking number. Yeah, and I think maybe the Jets can make a few defensive plays if the backups for or the second stringers and possibly third stringers are in there for Kansas City. All right, let's move on to the Giants game. This is Monday night. Wow, what a fucking Monday night game. They're really Why do they keep putting my team in fucking primetime games? They're so <laughs> bad. in Dallas. I got no Dude, fucking I idea. Feel, Dallas is Dallas the is the Sunday night game. Are you I kidding? know. They had to flex that game for the Steelers and uh Baltimore. One o'clock, right? I don't. Yeah, that's a one o'clock game. I like. I get the Cowboys. They're the fucking Cowboys, and Will understands. I I get it. But with the Giants. Oh, by the the way, I spoke to Will on the phone, and I recommended three pro. I recommended three quarterbacks. I said trade for Sam Darnold. He said no. I said, why don't you pull Tony Romo out of the booth? He he perked up to that one, and I biggest one. I said, why don't you bring (laughs) back Mister Texas himself, Johnny Manziel. There you go. Oh, my God. Johnny football, baby. That would be awesome. Will said he doesn't want to win another single game, and he wants to get a top five pick. And that's understandable. Yeah, no, I I get it. It's a lost season for sure. Uh, Danucci, probably you're not building your franchise around him. No, probably not. Although, nice story. All right, moving on. Tampa Bay is coming up to New York. Well, really to Jersey, the Meadowlands. They are 10.5-point favorites. Give Give me Tampa Bay here. Yeah, we're gonna. This is gonna be boring, but I'm agreeing with you on this one. This game won't be close. I could see this going. This game going very similar to that Steelers game. The Giants will hang around. They'll play okay. It'll start like, hey, they've got some momentum. The they might pick half, Brady. They just or, clap yeah, them. I could see in typical Giants fashion them like getting a strip sack of Brady or having him throw a pick. Giants are up like three in the first quarter, and then they can't move the ball. Jones will do something stupid. And then before you know it, the game's over and Tampa Bay scores a touchdown. They'll win this game by at least 14, I think. There you go. Okay. All right. We and you are on the same page here. All right. My third game, I am actually going to go to Baltimore. Oh, you're picking this game. I love it. I think that spread is way too high. To be honest with you, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to actually just win outright. They're going to win the money line here, and they're going to win this game. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers with the five and a half points. I think that spread is way too high. I don't like that spread at all. When the Lions first came out, I saw it at three and a half. I don't know what happened to make it jump that much. But, yeah, Pittsburgh, I agree with you, man. I think they're the better team. I haven't really loved what I've seen from Baltimore this year. Not at all. I mean, their their defense is obviously staunch, but their offense is – they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, right? Yeah, they don't. They don't. I don't trust them against teams that are of their ilk. 
Um, yeah, Pittsburgh's looked really, really good too. Absolutely, I think. What are they? The only undefeated team left? Or yeah, or KC. No, KC lost no, to the Raiders, KC's right? Lost to the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't take too much from that game last week when the Titans came back. That game was over. No, it was over. And listen, I like I like the Titans. I think they can make some noise this year. But Pittsburgh is is a Super Bowl pick. Um, all right, let's let's give give me your third pick here. You're out of market pick. Yeah, I love I love that pick by you. By the way, a lot of a lot of cojones on that one. I was Thank not you. touching that game. I'm going to Green Bay, where the Packers are only six and a half points favorites at home against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Mm. This game just screams to me Packers in a runaway. Um, they won that game uh, last weekend. Not playing their best, but it certainly was better than when they obviously laid an egg against Tampa Bay. The Packers are really, really good. The Vikings are not. Uh, Seven points. I mean, that's not even an ass whooping. I think the Packers can handle that easily. Give me Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers to to win by at least six and a half points here. All right. I, you know what? I don't know why. Maybe maybe I just I was blind to that pick, but that one seems like a lock. Good pick there. It really does, right? Yeah. That I, well, I Kirk missed Cousins that fucks one. Me again. I missed that one on the board. Yeah, he kind of fucks you both ways. I'm surprised. I thought he was a stay away for you, just an all time stay away. He always has been. It's this is much more of a Packers and, and mm. Rogers feel than it is about the Vikings. All right, moving on to my sperm bank pick of the week. My sperm bank pick of the week this week is brought to you by. The new up-and-coming great quarterback in the NFL, Justin Herbert, because he looks like he was a sperm all but two weeks ago. (laughs) He looks like an absolute baby, but give me the L.A. Chargers going into Denver, minus one and a half. I don't like anything I see from Denver. I think this team is toast. I do not like Drew Locke. I don't think their offense is that great. Even with the Chargers not having the best offensive line and Chubb being able to create a little bit of pressure all over him. Herbert's good on the run. Herbert's good when the pocket collapses. And I think he's going to be able to get them a nice W here by at least three points. Another really good pick by you. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to feel good about the momentum that team's playing with, right? I mean, and, and uh, conversely, on the other side, Locke has not been good at all. I mean, they. No. I know last week was it was snowing and it was freezing in Denver, but, man, he just looked terrible. And he did everything he could the week before in new england to give that game away yeah um, yeah herbert certainly is playing like a he's got a lot of poise I, I like that about him so there's your sperm bank pick of the week brought to for you by me, justin herbert brought to you by sperm. justin herbert uh i'm going to philly for the sunday night terrible game Oof, i can I, this game is just an absolute stay away for me now spread looks Andy high Dalton, if Andy Dalton, I'm sorry for him, by the way. What a nasty shot he took, and that was a dirty fucking play. Um, if he was playing, I probably wouldn't touch this game because although I don't love him, uh, I like him more than Danucci. The Philadelphia Eagles are not a good team, but you know what? That doesn't matter because they're winning this division, and it's not even going to be close. The Giants had no business losing that game last week against them, and it's because Wentz is capable of doing a couple things every game that make you go, wow, even when he's missing Ertz and even when he's missing Sanders and whomever else, he'll make shit happen. You know who won't? The Dallas Cowboys. Even before Dalton got hurt, dude, they had three points in Washington last week. Just completely anemic. I think the Eagles are going to get a little bit of a pass rush. I think their defense is going to play well. This is a a 7.5-point game. I think that they will win this game by at least 10. So give me the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football. A terrible game. Bold pick, my friend. Um, I definitely... I'm going to have to find something better to do that night because that game is brutal. And you know what I've been making the mistake of doing is betting on games just to give me a reason to watch them, even though I don't have a real inkling for them, and I'm done doing that. I did that last week. I'm over it. Yeah, it's a tough thing to do because you you want to give yourself some incentive to watch, but sometimes it's better just not to. Yeah, yeah. I might as well just watch Netflix or something. But just to recap, you and I both have the Jets plus – 20 and a half points. Crazy to even say. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus 10 and a half. You picked Green Bay minus 6 and a half. And Philly minus 7 and a half. So you went three out of four favorites here. Yep. Um, I took Pittsburgh plus 5 and a half. And then my Sperm Bay pick of the week brought to you by Justin Herbert. The little sperm um, is <laughs> minus 1 and a half. All right, Sean, you got anything else to say besides get the fuck out there and vote? Uh, a couple things. First of all, I just want to. Just 
say for the sake of our terrible teams, combined, the New York Jets and New York Giants are 31-point underdogs in their games. So that's obviously... Thanks for pointing that out, buddy. <laughs> I just was doing the math. You're going to make like, my oh, Saturday my. for me. Oh, my fucking God. Uh, no, election three days away. We obviously covered that. We can't cover that enough. I watched the second Borat last night, bro. Ooh, oh, I, I watched the beginning. My God, so great. He is a fucking genius. How he got away with some of the shit he did, I have no idea. But, yeah. man, that was a watch. Yeah, um, I've watched a little bit of it, and then I fell asleep, so I'm excited to finish it up. But so far, just pure absurdity. Not as oh, good as the first one so far, but still, just like thank God that he decided to put this movie out in 2020 and give me something to enjoy. Well, it's so timely because it's all tied to you know the Trumpians and the conservatives, and just it, it's you know you got Giuliani in there. I'm sure you've heard and read about that without even having to watch it. Oof. It's just uh, oh man. I mean, it's, Giuliani's it, just really fucking up between the Hunter Biden stuff and then whatever he did on in that movie. He's just yeah. You gotta you gotta watch that it guy had what a fall from grace because he was uh, he had great approval rating after 9/11. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a fall. I mean, it's been a oh, long fall, but what a fall. To, to say the least. Uh, what else have you been watching? What else have you been doing? <sighs> playing a lot of golf, man. Working. Um, but, yeah, I've been playing a lot of golf. I haven't really been watching anything aside sports. And I feel like quite a – I don't even know if it's a millennial. What's the one after a millennial? Is it Gen, Gen Z? Zier? I feel yeah. like a Gen Zer because I just watch golf channels on YouTube now. That's, like, all I do. I don't even watch television shows anymore. I don't have time for it. Oh, dude, TV shows are pretty much out for me. I, I try to stick with it. Like, I, I started the new season of Fargo. I watched the first two episodes. Ooh, I didn't like the Chris Rock was show. in there, right? Yeah, dude. It, and it, there's a lot of great stuff in it. I just, I don't like the fucking murdery nurse. She's creepy as fuck. I don't really want to watch that shit. Uh, it's a weird dynamic to the show. I just can't stick with shows. I'm not good at that at all. Uh, I haven't been good in a couple of years, man, and I got to get back to watching Billions. I only watched the first episode of this past season, um, and there's a few other shows that I just have to get around to, like Peaky Blinders I was really into, and that I've let fall by the wayside. It's just a real shame. It really I'm is. Just gonna, I'm just not going to commit to watching anything or say when I'm watching something because I can literally go from, like, you got to watch this or I'm all in to two days go by, I didn't watch it, and I'm totally out. I did watch the... Uh, David Letterman, the new season of uh, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction, and I watched the one with Dave Chappelle, and that one was really great. Chappelle show coming to Netflix soon, folks. Oh, dude, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Um, what are you doing this Halloween? How are you spending this quarantine Halloween? It's not even a quarantine. I don't think anybody's doing that, but it's socially distanced Halloween. What are you doing? Uh, my significant other and I are actually going to a, uh, a pretty popular haunted house in Whoa. further up Connecticut. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get running soon. We got it's at seven fifteen. It's about an hour away, and we're supposed to be there a little early. So where is this place? Uh, it's called uh, what the fuck is it called? Legends of Fear. Um, okay. In Shelton, Connecticut. Oh, cool. Uh, my little brother actually worked at the farm, and he was telling me how much money this guy makes off of just this show, and it's in the hundreds of thousands in profit. So it better Shit, be good. Man. I paid $130 for it, so it better be good. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, but it sounds like You doing anything fun? You putting candy out on the porch or what? No, none of that. Uh, Me and a friend of mine, we're just going to go out for drinks and kind of just see where the night takes us, so that should be fun. You're not even leaving a bowl of candy out, bro? Nobody's coming to my fucking spot, dude. You haven't seen my place. I'm like in the woods. Like, no, definitely not. Okay, all right. Are How's you? everything are, coming? Are, are, no, I live on the third floor, man. What am I going to do? Throw candy at kids? That's, uh, that's the person that I lives on the first floor. I wouldn't put it past you. I wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> true, true. Everything all right with the move? You getting prepared? Getting prepared, man. Uh, yeah, paying my last rent in Connecticut tomorrow. Um, wow. Got to get rid of well, some of this. Just furniture. gave away where you live, but great. Well, I didn't disclose where in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's pretty. It'll start feeling surreal once I start moving shit out, but until then, I'm gonna have to get. Uh, a, I'm gonna have to get. Like, are you planning on? Are you planning on buying all new stuff down there? Are you planning on shipping some stuff out? Oh no, I'm I'm buying all new shit once I get down. Whoa! There. I'm literally, just bringing like personal belongings and clothes. That's it. Nice. Is the apartment already lined up? Lease signed? 
Uh, yeah, I'm not, no, no lease signed yet. Cause I'm moving into uh buddy's apartment where, um, their other roommate is moving out. So I'll be able to slide in there and then we'll get our own spot the month later when that lease is up. So, okay. All right. It's going to be pretty cool, man. And I, you know, with the snow and the frost and everything the last few days, I'm like, I have never been more sure of this decision in my life because yeah, I, I mean, what's not... the, the low temp there is probably in the forties, right? Unless it's like a crazy outlier. Well, you know what it happens, man, is you get like 40 degree mornings sometimes in the winter. And then by the middle of the day, it's like mid to high sixties. So sounds good for the golf game. My friend, I was going to say, I, you gotta, you know, once this is over, you're going to come make it, make a trip and, and definitely get uh, sticks check down, out huh? some of the courses. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That sounds man. good to me, man. All right. Well, listen, if you need any help, I'll help you pack. Of course, no, I'm willing to do that. We got to get one in studio before you leave. I um, know, man. We really do. And I can't, what else? I can't believe work it's here. And everything going well for you? Yeah, work is work, man. It is what it is. But, yeah. you know, but it's paying the bills. I, I can't Solid. believe the day is here, to be honest. It is November 1st tomorrow, two days before Election Day, and we've been pretty consistent on our get your asses out there and vote thing, and I'm proud of us. I'm very proud of us, and I really hope that either before we talk next, we can say it one more time, or um, if we talk after Election Day, hopefully there is a uh, seismic movement, and because we have no problem, obviously, telling people how we feel. And uh, America will truly be great again because uh, the current president will not be there. Hey, man, we usually don't say how we lean, but I'm going to say for that statement, fingers crossed. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, if we can get a Monday rundown in, I believe that's going to be the second. We can say get out there and vote one more time. But yes, we'll sir. tweet it out. And this may be for the last time, may not, but please, November 3rd is the last day. Go out and vote. Do it, guys. All right, Sean. All right, Tommy boy. Good talking to you, man. Enjoy that haunted house. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Thank you. Enjoy your drinks, and everybody enjoy your football Sunday. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, guys. Take care.